Welcome to SciFarc's Workplace Class Action Litigation Trends mini-series, a series of four episodes in which we provide an analysis of 2020 class action decisions and emerging trends in 2021. All content in this series has been sourced from the 17th Annual Workplace Class Action Litigation Report book launch event held in February of 2021. Over the course of this series, the report's author, Gerald Jerry Matman Jr., will discuss the five most notable trends in the workplace class action space. Jerry is one of CIFAR's preeminent class action litigators, co-chair of our class action litigation practice group, and the editor of the Workplace Class Action Litigation Report, which is recognized as the nation's most complete guide to workplace-related complex litigation. In part two of the series, Jerry discusses how the data and analysis from workplace class action rulings, case filings, and settlements showed that change is the new normal in 2020 and 2021. As many pro-business precedents continue to roll out and take hold in 2020, voters elected to turn the White House from red to blue, and as a result, likely precipitated changes in numerous areas that will expand worker rights. As Jerry explains in this episode, with changes in the arbitration landscape, the shift in administrations is likely to bring increased regulation of businesses, renewed enforcement efforts, and policy changes at the agency level that will result in efforts to abandon or overturn pro-business rules of the Trump administration. Uh, the second trend we identified is what I characterize as the new normal, and that new normal uh, is about, all about change. Uh, life is about change, and how and success for many is defined on how people adapt to change. And it's not uh, dissimilar in the legal system, and certainly not with workplace class actions. And um, certainly over the 17 years, seen a massive amount of change in the playing field, in the way in which plaintiff's lawyers and the government bring their cases, in the way that courts process or rule upon those cases, and in the manner in which those cases are valued or settled. And so nothing in this area is static. Um, I've always thought that remaining flexible, agile, innovative are the key ingredients to success in uh, responding to mitigating or ending uh, class actions that challenge the very existence uh, of a company. And on this particular slide, I think one of the key areas of change is what is known as the Epic Systems case, which uh, occurred in um, the spring of 2018, and pardon the pun, but certainly an epic ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court. And what it did is it green-lighted for the very first time and eliminated any impairments to the notion that employers could use workplace arbitration agreements embedded within which were class action waivers so that both the company and the worker agreed that if the worker had a problem, that problem should be addressed in a private arbitration involving that worker only, not in a lawsuit, and certainly not as a class action. And uh, statistically, what we saw as shown in this graph is that employers were very successful in using the Epic Systems ruling as a litigation risk management tool to either prevent the filing of class actions or if they were filed and plaintiff's lawyers tried to challenge the appropriateness or efficacy of the arbitration agreement, 
More often than not, employers were winning that battle at a very, very high rate. So uh, the plaintiff's bar is nothing if not inventive and innovative, and certainly um, they are working feverishly to find a way around EPIC systems because it is quite uh, a significant barrier to the prosecution of class actions. And probably in 2020, we saw the most development of the case law in the state of California. And that's because California has a special statute. It's known by the acronym PAGA, Private Attorney General Actions, that in essence has been interpreted to say um, that sort of claim is brought uh, uh, in a quasi-nature on behalf of the people of the state, and therefore a private arbitration agreement cannot be used to block it. And so you're seeing uh, quite a bit of development of what I call workarounds that plaintiff's bar is using to attack arbitration agreements to bring, in essence, quasi-pseudo-stealth class actions in the state of California. One of the things I think to look at in 2021 is the extent to which other states, um, states that are very protective of worker rights begin to adopt or think about enacting their own PAGA statutes uh, in their jurisdictions, which would uh, be another workaround in terms of the uh, defense that employers have now. Many people believe, I'm one of them, that uh, this notion uh, is intellectually uh, inconsistent with the Federal Arbitration Act that authorizes arbitration agreements and the EPIC decision itself. But the Supreme Court has passed on uh, multiple times reviewing any of these rulings from California where courts have held that arbitration agreements can't end uh, a PAGA action. And so the jury's still out with respect to employer challenges and certainly the United States Chamber of Commerce has been involved deeply in litigation in California to try and reverse that uh, result. But the other way in which change is a new normal is the way in which plaintiff's lawyers representing employees now approach companies where their client might be uh, a party to an arbitration agreement, and that is to send a demand letter uh, to try and find the existence of other people and to create weight or mass in terms of the amount of people bringing it and so, uh, as you'll see in a, in a later slide, that change in terms of this new normal has particular implications for companies in terms of their uh, compliance strategies and their approach to, to litigation. So, uh, I also would be remiss if I didn't uh, mention at least my spin as a defense lawyer uh, in terms of what Keith presented uh, in terms of what's going on in the government. And obviously, there has been a flip uh, in the White House uh, from red to blue. There have been changes in personnel in agencies uh, that are part of the federal government in terms of uh, those agencies that interact with the workplace, with employers, uh, with workers, and that certainly matters and has an impact on workplace uh, class actions and complex uh, litigation such as the systemic lawsuits that um, Keith mentioned that the EEOC brings from time to time. And so that inside baseball look that uh, Keith gave us in terms of what's going on at the EEOC is very important. Um, I think uh, from a comparative basis, the Department of Labor, which tends to bring cases involving uh, wages, wage and hour issues, 
probably change there is accelerating a little quicker than it is at the EEOC. Just this uh, past week on Monday, uh, 10 guidance memoranda that were adopted during the Trump years at the DOL were rescinded. And last night, two enforcement policies involving unfair labor practice uh, charges and the processes that surround them were rescinded. And so I, I think what you're going to see if you're an employer, especially on the wage and hour front, is a more aggressive Department of Labor in terms of both uh, a more worker-friendly view of the regulations and laws that it is entrusted to um, oversee, uh, as well as reversing, as it has already this week, some of the pro-business measures that people saw uh, during the Trump administration, that in and of itself tends to contribute to uh, more litigation, especially where the plaintiff's bar feels emboldened and backed up uh, by an agency such as the Department of La uh, Labor. A final note here on change, and that is the White House certainly has an impact on employers and on litigation and on workplace class actions. And so the issue of whether or not EPIC should stand or whether or not EPIC should be legislatively abrogated by passing a law uh, in a Congress uh, controlled by those who are aligned with that viewpoint, I think is a real possibility uh, in the coming uh, four years. And so uh, look towards initiatives uh, coming out of the White House in terms of uh, public policy surrounding uh, the issue of whether or not workplace arbitration agreements are a good or a bad public uh, policy and whether or not the White House will um, advocate uh, trying to legislatively abrogate the EPIC systems decision. This concludes episode two of CIFARTH's Workplace Class Action Litigation Trends Money Series. Thank you for listening. Be sure to listen to the other episodes in our series for more important information regarding workplace class action litigation trends. These episodes and other important updates can be found in the News and Insights section of SciFarts.com.